Pastor Joe. And I'm Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. I am sore. From what? I started my physical therapy today. Oh, that's supposed to help you. Well, I didn't know how much physical therapy I was going to have to do with this knee surgery, but evidently it's a lot more than I was anticipating because they just signed me up for six weeks of that stuff. They probably took one look at you and they're like, mm, <laughs> this boy's going to need six weeks. No, they actually said I'm, I'm actually doing really good and they're really happy with the, the, where the swelling is, but... So after the surgery, they gave me six rounds of ortho laser therapy. I like that. You just, yeah, because you just lay there. Just lay there. I don't feel anything. Nothing even touches me. I just lay there. They put me under this machine. 15 minutes later, I'm done. I go home. And, and I guess I just, I just thought that was all was going to happen. But um, I knew I was going to do a little bit of therapy uh, I thought could happen. But evidently, today was the day of the first start of the physical therapy. And now I have a renewed appreciation for the phrase, no pain, no gain. <laughs> Did it hurt? Yes. Yeah. It didn't feel good. <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> well, actually, here's the thing. Here's where I'm, I'm already have a lot more flexibility than I thought I would have in that knee. And I was able to do things that they said, you know, man, that's really Did good. They like say, okay, hop on one leg. No, no, no. That's, that's way down the road. That's, that's six weeks from now. That's way down the road. But I was a little bit bummed out to find out that a lot of the soreness and the swelling and the, the tightness and the stiffness and, you know, all that stuff that I'm still struggling with. Um, they said that's going to take about, so, oh, what did he tell me today? That we really don't see all that resolved till about six weeks. Oh. So, but he said, by all things, he goes, man, you got, you're doing great. So I guess I'm thankful for that. But no, I had to uh, stretch. I had to flex. Aww. Had to, you know, they measured my flexibility. They had me do, they, of course, they sent me home with a lot of take home homework Ooh, that I got to do. So you you're going to have to hold me accountable, Kirsten. But, but anyway, it, it, it hurt, but I'm okay. Do you need a partner to stretch? Will you, be, will you be my stretch partner? <laughs> <laughs> I do not want you to be my stretch partner. Sounds weird. No, you'd be like, like, like stretch it more, hurt, make it hurt. And I'm like, no, I just, no, I can do it. I'm the one who's like, all right, hop on one leg. You're good. Let's go. <laughs> anyway, so that, so I'm actually, I'm sitting here pretty sore today. And, uh, did you take some medicine? No, no, I'm not, not that sore. No, I'm trying not to take it. I don't want, I don't want to need it. So. But anyway, I'm doing good. I did fine on Sunday. Um, preached three sermons, one Saturday night, two on Sunday morning. And now I hurt pretty good when I went home, but I, I got through it okay. I wasn't in too much discomfort during the sermon. I heard that this was one of your best sermons ever this last weekend. Well, I don't know who you heard that from. but Well, people have been saying that. And I, I was talking to Joe about it the other day. I go, well, I've been married to you for like 25 years. I could not tell you which one was your best. I mean, that's a lot of sermons to hear. Do you feel like this was one of your best? I don't know. I know there's been a few emails floating around of people saying this. Well, is, this one has this generated a lot more feedback than normal. Ever heard a lot more feedback than normal. That's for sure. That's awesome. And um, a lot of very compliment, very complimentary text and emails, That's and kind. a lot of conversation out in the lobby and in the hallways. And so, 
I, you know, I think I think it's just a subject matter that stirs people so more. So maybe you need knee surgery more often if you're going to pull out some amazing sermons. Now, now, what I heard more than than that was how long the sermon oh, was. I did give so, you that one. So what I think is that it was a longer than normal sermon. And if people are saying it was one of my best sermons, maybe there's a correlation between length and best. Come on, man. <laughs> First of all, I, I, I help organize and run our online campus or online service. And Sunday, I was attending 11 a.m. service at the Reardon campus. But I had my computer in the back because the preacher online a.k.a. Joe Williams, was still preaching. And Joe's like, you need to worship. And I go, how can I worship that preacher up there still preaching? Okay, now, still now, listen, you have still monitoring the to, online. Now, people at home are not going to understand what you just said. because you, No, because here's the thing. We have a 10 a.m. broadcast. Correct. And you monitor that. Yeah. And the broadcast was not over by the time our 11 a.m. service started. It never is. And so you were... It never wait a minute, is. But you were monitoring the 10 a.m. broadcast. Yeah. And... See, this is why we make a great host and co-host on this podcast, well, because I jump right into the story and you're no, like, backstory, no, but, our well, broadcast is at 10. It's not going to make any sense. So so you're in the back of the auditorium and you're worshiping, but you're also monitoring and commenting on the the live broadcast at 10. And I think you were trying and to so, get me to like go sit down and worship. And I was like, yeah, that's not happening. That's what I said. I, I, I turn around, look at that preacher back there on the screen. <laughs> He's still preaching. So to help kind He's of still going, to, it's not even the closing song. So yet. just to tie it together, tie it together. Cause this <laughs> may not make, a, on it. may not make complete sense yet at home. So you're in the back of the room and I'm actually on the computer screen preaching. Although that service is over, it's still broadcasting out to the live audience, the live uh, to the online church and you are monitoring the feed and making sure everything's good. And I didn't realize it was still going. So I said, Hey, you need to come worship, not just stand here in the back. And she turns the laptop around and it's me preaching. And she goes, the preacher's going long. I can't walk away. (laughs) So yeah, there's some, obviously when we broadcast and there's some delaying happening between the live broadcast and what's being online. And so, but it was a long one. It was, I'll admit, I'll admit it was long. Some people do not mind the length because they love it. Then there's others of us who would prefer a 25 minute so I can like really take in what you said and like mull it over. Okay, Kirsten, I need you to be honest with everybody. How long is the ideal sermon? 20 to 22 minutes. That's right. And I'm giving you three extra I, minutes I'm, by saying 25. I'm just barely starting to sweat at 20 minutes. So I know. Well, there have been times that 22 minutes into his sermon, he's like, all right, well, let's go ahead and open our Bibles. And I'm like, what? That was the opening? Okay. So when I was in <laughs> seminary, I had a professor, one of the greatest preachers you're ever going to hear anywhere, um, Dr. Shaw. And uh, Lincoln Christian Seminary, Lincoln Christian Seminary, Dr. Shaw said one time in class, and I regret ever telling you this, Kirsten, (laughs) to this day, I regret you ever tell your wife something that she's never forgotten and and she never and she brings it up all the time. But it's good. It's good. information. So you even know what I'm about to say. So Dr. Shaw looked at us in our class and he said this phrase. He said, listen, guys, he said, um, 
if you can't deliver your sermon in 30 minutes or no, less. he said 20 to no, 22 minutes. I was in the room. I heard him say it. He says, if you can't deliver your sermon in, 20 in, in 30, minutes. don't listen to Kirsten right now, in 30 <laughs> minutes or less, minutes. either you've got too, too much, much to, to say, say or you're not saying it good enough. Amen. Amen, <laughs> Dr. Shaw. <laughs> But, it's true, but you know, our culture, I think you can preach a 30, and I've I've even seen you preach a 50-minute sermon. That was Sunday. There's a little grumbling going on when it happens. I was going to say 48 minutes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I agree with Dr. Shaw. You have, you're going to have to break that sucker up. That's a part one and a part two, because they walk away and they're like, so you're saying what I tried to cover say 44 minutes ago. <laughs> I don't remember. I only remember what he said towards the end. I'm, I'm a big basic. Like I'm a, I'm, I'm a bullet point. Like, all right, point one, this is what you need to know. Point two, this is what you need to know. The big idea here. All right, let's pray. So the sermon Sunday would have come out of Kirsten's voice like this. <laughs> We're starting a new series out of the book of Judges. Here's what you need to know from chapter one. Uh, you should be able to pick this up if you just read it, but let me tell you. Um, the Israelites started out strong, trying to obey God to clear the land. They failed. Um, actually, they turned their backs on God, and God confronted them. And, and now all of a sudden, you know, God's not going to go with them to clear the land anymore. In fact, these people are going to be snares to the Israelites. And uh, man, it all just pretty much all fell apart. They turned their backs on God and don't compromise three times. No, no, and I would no. never have done so, that. So <laughs> listen, don't, don't compromise the words of God. All right. Any questions? Let's pray. That, that would have been a Kirsten Why sermon. Why you do that? Although it's funny because as soon as you got done preaching, I got a text from someone here at church and she was like i don't have pastor joe's number could you ask him some questions because i feel like i have more questions now than answers and i was like so we discussed it there there's more in in there than what you can actually hit on and i think you're trying to move the series along and so it's just interesting because there are some people who are like 50 minutes that's all we're gonna get and then there's others that are like 25 30 minutes max like to me 30 minutes is a long sermon i think it should so be what 25. so what is a long podcast <laughs> well this is all this opener right now is already too long all right so hey for all of you that listen at home and are faithful and enjoy this podcast we'd love to hear from you why don't you send us an email let us know what is the perfect length of a sermon and i'll tell you what i'll do I will at least take your suggestions under consideration. Whatever. No, I will. No, serious. I would love to hear from people what they think is the perfect length of sermon. I need you guys to show up for this. I need you all to show up for this, this poll because, and I will, I will accept. I do believe that there are a lot of people out there that do prefer a longer message. And depending on where you grew up and what, what kind of church you went to might determine that depending on where you're at in your walk with the Lord could also determine that. However, I don't feel like people take away from the sermon, from the message, a bottom line and a basic understanding when you try and put too much out there. I would agree with that. Cause it's, that's, that's like an every week, 40, 50 minute lecture. 
and not everybody takes notes. Although I would, if 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 Joe would do more of a fill in the blank notes thing, I would I yeah, would prefer not, to do that. Not that's, my style. that's not his style. It hasn't ever been. I and mean, we've been talking about this for 26, 27 years. I'm like, why don't you just do this fill in the blank thing? But I learn differently than you do. I I receive it differently. So now let anyway, me let me ask you a question. A look, let me ask you a question. Okay. And this isn't like like, hey, look at me. This is this is a general question. I want you to leave me out of it. But do you think there are some preachers that can hold people's attention longer than others? Do you yeah, think? Do you think? Do you think that like? Do. So do you, what I'm trying to get at is, is one guy. You mean like like you listen to him for so, 20 minutes? And you're like, man, I couldn't wait for that to get over. I was bored out of my mind. And then another guy you listen to for 45 or 50 minutes. You're like, wow, it's over already. Yeah. Don't you think that's a real thing? If the communicator can keep your attention that long? I do agree with that. But let's go back to Doctor Shaw. All right. So was he saying that you're too young and you don't have enough meat, and so you need to wrap that sucker up at 22 minutes? Well, since he's one of the best to ever do it, I take what he says very seriously. But um, back then, of course, when I sat in that class, I that was uh, early 2000s. So, I mean, has times changed? Can people endure? Like, here's where I'm going with that. People today are not, I, I don't think they're going to get up, get dressed, bring their kids to church, and go through all of that for fluff. No. If it no. doesn't have an impact or meaning in their life, if it's for not sure. relevant, for sure. people today, from my perception, and of course, not just perception, I know, because I, I know our people, yeah. they want the truth. Um, even if it stings once in a while, they want the truth. They want what the word of God says. That I think we're living in times. They want me. They don't want, seven, they don't want a seven steps to have a happy Monday sermon. For sure. They're not looking to have a happy Monday. I don't think, they don't want the, you know, um, you know six steps to, to, um, to feeling better about uh, your day. I mean, that's, you know, some of these fluffy sermons, they don't want that. And so I'm thinking when you're hungry, when you're hungry for truth and when you're trying to get through your week to live the Christian life, to be a great mom or dad, to be a great husband or wife, to be faithful to the Lord, to get, you know, it, it, you can't do that on sugar. You got to do that on meat. You can do meat in 25 minutes. Yeah. I was talking to a, a guy kids after. Kids ministry would appreciate. Well, that is true. But, you know, on, on, um, yes. <laughs> Abby, speak up now. <laughs> Abby is a small group leader for our kids ministry. Yes. She understands so the, the struggle. So the eight to 10 year olds, they slowly start to unravel the longer and longer <laughs> the time goes Well, on. and I can tell you that that right there is more of a push for me to preach shorter than anything else for sure because i know how hard it is to get uh kid volunteers and um you know and i'm not trying to make it harder for them to do that but but so how long is our service from start to finish how long is it well i think in a perfect world no we, no no, 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 no. How, what is it supposed to be <laughs> what is it supposed to be i think in a per- well you know what i'll be honest with you you don't when know we, no, no 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 i do you know i do know what when we went, when we had, when we had three services in a row on Sunday, it was a little bit more tightly wound yeah, because sure. we had to. But now you're feeling like you've got your. But you now, elbow but listen, now that space. we've gone, now that we've gone from three services down to two, and we have a longer break in between the services, um, it has, and in my opinion, at least for me, a little bit relaxed, no, a little kids bit relaxed. Does not. Feel I know that. Way. I know that. 
But what I'm saying is, so I think if you'd asked me before if we launched the highlight here for kids ministry, speak up people, <laughs> speak up. We need some, we before need we launched, to step, up, step up and testify. No, before, <laughs> before we launched the Highlands campus and we had three services on Sunday morning, I would say that our service length was 70 minutes. That's what our goal, 70 minutes. I would say that probably our services right now are trending more 75 to 78 minutes. 75 baloney. <laughs> no, don't count Sunday. <laughs> don't count this last week on average. I don't, you guys can't see it, but Abby is sitting over there in her chair, just shaking her head. Nope, that doesn't happen. 75 minutes is Well, when- in his defense, he said it was the goal. <laughs> I'm we, glad, he has, never I'm glad he has goals, people. I'm glad he has goals. Well, <laughs> does he ever meet his goals? Well, I know that every other part of our service pretty much nails their time allotments. So I guess I am the variable. I mean, it's, you you are the problem. <laughs> what, what is the song that Taylor Swift sings? It's hi. Oops, sorry, it's me. Yeah, oh, no. I'm the problem. It's oh me. yeah. Hey, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah, something like that. All the and the only reason that, right now are probably like, oh, they really butchered the only that song. the only reason I know that song is because she's dating Travis Kelsey. That's it. <laughs> I've had to refresh my memory of Taylor Swift stuff, but yeah. Okay. So you, you, let's go back to this. It was one of the best sermons some people have ever heard in the, heard you preach. So kudos to you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, and I do appreciate all the feedback I get on my sermons. And, and I will say that sermon this last weekend had way more feedback than, than any, than sermons I've preached in a long time that it struck a chord. And so, um, um, yeah, so I, yeah, more feedback. I don't know. I don't even know if I could qualify or quantify the greatest sermon of every, I don't even think of my sermons that way, but, um, I do feel like as I was delivering it in all the services, you can tell when the group is with you and when they're not, you can read a room pretty well and kind of feel like you can, like every speaker knows when he's lost the group and Have you ever felt that way. Nope. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> no, that's not true. I, 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 there's been a few times that, uh, you're like, are you guys with me? <laughs> well, I, I'm grateful that I had in those early years of preaching some of these, some of these, um, some grace. Well, I, I joke around my student ministry in Kansas, those good people, they sat there and let me learn how to preach for two years. But I think you and they were put up good with from the beginning. Because I remember I sat through some of those sermons when you were a student pastor in Kansas. And I remember those. And I thought those were good even then. Oh, thanks, honey. Were they over 30 minutes? No, they were <laughs> 20 to 22. Nailed it. All right. Hey. Hey, friends. I think I've been the time clock Nazi for a long time. Oh, my gosh. Have we ever talked about the The clipboard clipboard day? (laughs) Have we talked about that day? I'm sure we have. So one time, I don't remember if... Have we talked about this, Abby, on this podcast? Okay, well... But it's always worth a (laughs) reshare. I was going to say, I think... the the ring girl yep, is that's different the one. than the clipboard Nazi. No, I was, I was thinking about the ring girl. The ring girl. Oh, yeah, the ring girl. Thinking no, the I'm ring thinking girl. clipboard Nazi when I was in uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma. No, that was different. That This was in Kansas City. And I have so many labels. I'm like pastor's wife. I'm Kirsten. I'm the clipboard Nazi. I'm ring girl. 
What else am I? Listen, friends, if you ever think that I'm preaching too long, just let Kirsten know. She will give me the message. I promise you. But hey, we do want to hear from you. What is, I mean, email us your answer. What is the perfect length or the ideal length of a sermon? Well, speaking of the sermon that we uh, were talking about, um, it it was uh, the first sermon in Courageous Part Two, and it had a little darker. Yes, it was. Uh, it, we started the Book of Judges, which yeah. this this uh, Courageous series always had a part one, part two. Part one was the Book of Joshua. And we did we that last that, fall, like back in December, November, December, okay. December, and then um, and then now. Courageous part two. And I have been starting in judges. Yeah. I've been so looking forward to this. I've never preached through judges. Now I have preached a lot of judges before because every preacher has probably preached a sermon on Gideon has probably preached a sermon on Samson, you know, uh, people like that. And I, and I've done all those, but I've never, I've never taken the whole book of judges and worked my way through it. And talked about this the other day. What's the sermon series rated? What's this one rated? Well, If, if we made a, a movie, of the book of Judges, what would it be rated? Well, honestly, if you preach every verse, I think it's got to have an R rating Ooh. because there is a lot of violence. Yeah. You know, sure. um, I didn't even, so I'm counting on the church to be reading Judges on their own because just like, just like, just like Genesis, Exodus, Joshua, I'm not reading every single verse. So I'm, I'm, could you imagine? <laughs> my expectation is people are going to read and, and I'm going to challenge them to read. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I use series like this to encourage people to read the Bible. Like, like, well, I want, like, I want every sermon. I want them to go home and be like, I got to go read that. I mean, I, like, I want that passion inside yeah. of them to be like, I want to go, I want to go read that mm-hmm. because I want to learn more. But, um, but like what we didn't read, okay, what we didn't read Sunday was, um, how as Judah was conquering the land, um, they captured one of the kings and they cut off his thumbs and big toes. And it happens. One, they didn't do they didn't do what he was supposed to do. And and we, there's a little there's a few details here that we're trying to think through, or like we, like we have to fill in the gaps a little bit. But was that payback for something that king had done? Was that just some viciousness on the Israelites' part? But we learn in the text that that king. Had uh, had done that to seventy other leaders, and he cut off their their As thumbs like and toes, which means they're limping and they mm-hmm. can't fight. I mean, you, if you lose if you lose your thumbs, you can't Dexterity. really yeah. And so, and then he made them crawl around on his floor like dogs and eat scraps off his table as punishment. So that's what this king did. And so, when the Israelite off the table or off the floor, well, from it, the it, table. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like. Um, I, uh, it was punishment for that guy. In fact, uh, you know, here, I'll, I'll read it exactly. This is what we did not cover. So, um, um, do, 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 do. This is why your kids should be in New Life Kids. So when Judah, history. chapter one, verse when Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Pezzarites into their hands, and they struck down 10,000 men at Bezik. It was there they found Adonai Bezik and fought against him, putting to rout the Canaanites and Pezzarites. Adonai Bezik fled and they chased him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. So this is the part I didn't read. Um, Why not? Why didn't you add that? Well, the sermon was already 48 minutes long. <laughs> I, you got to you gotta be now selective. Now some extra. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the point I was I trying know, to make is that initially they obeyed God, 
But then by verse 21, it all fell apart. Now, if I really wanted to get really dissect this thing down, I can show you multiple times between verse three and verse 20, where it was already starting to fall apart, mm-hmm. where they weren't mm-hmm. absolutely falling. So, so like, so, but so this is, so we're reading this. And then Adonai Bazik said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. Mm-hmm. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. Well, right there, you could even say there's some rebellion right there because he should not have been allowed to live. He should not have been had his toes or or his thumbs cut off. He should have been killed on the spot and all these people driven out. But yet they take him to Jerusalem. It doesn't even say he was put to death there. He lived there. We also know that in Jerusalem, the the Jebusites there and, and the Benjaminites didn't drive them out. There's failure all over the place, you know, um, before you get to verse 21, where, you know, why weren't the, why, why was the tribe of Judah able to, to push through and, and get rid of all those people that had the armed chariots, you know, it says in verse 19, the Lord was with the men of Judah. They took possession of the hill country, but they were unable to drive the people from the plains because they had chariots fitted with iron. Well, wait a minute. Is that too big for God? Couldn't God not? No, no, no. What's going on here? We didn't get into any of this. This is just some more kind of signs that of not full disobedience. The reality is they did not. They were in the the hill country, but they did not press. They chose not to go down there. It's almost like saying we're not going down there. They got tanks, (laughs) you know, these iron chariots and all this. But. And we didn't cover any of this before, but a few verses earlier, it talks about Caleb and how he basically, you know, if you look back at verse, uh, at verse nine, after Judah, uh, where was it? Not verse nine, the earlier part where it says that Caleb, which is virtually a repeat of Joshua chapter 15, it's like a little insert of this Mm -hmm. where Caleb went through and defeated the three Kings and that whole area. So basically it's kind of a play off each other. Well, Caleb already went through and cleared this area earlier and they weren't able to keep that area. They had still had the chariots. It's like a play like, well, you've already cleared it once with God's help. And now these guys are, we're not going down there. So, you know, I kind of summed it all up on Sunday. I've said, you know, the Judah was whooping up on everybody, which was true. But if you really get down there and dissect it, you can point out little pieces of failure. But the real big turning point, the really big failure was in verse 21, where it says the Benjamites, however, did not drive out the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. And to this day, the Jebusites still live there with the Benjamites. In other words, even at the time that the book of Judges was written, um, they were still living side by hundreds of years later, side by side mm. with the Israelites, and they did not drive them out. And that's so that's where this whole sermon, I think what it resonated with people mm-hmm. is because um, I think we can see a lot of our current situation in the United States. For sure. And with the Israelites in the book of Judges, mm. they were living in close proximity with the Canaanites. And, and the question of how do you live today as a Christian, when you're surrounded and live in such close proximity to all kinds of things that aren't of the Lord, all kinds of temptation. And then what we see so clearly is that the Israelites compromise God's word. You know, Joshua, right from God to Joshua, Joshua said, you drive these people out and they compromise that they didn't do it. They chose not to do it, not because they couldn't do it. They chose not to do it. And, um, and God wanted to know why. You know, he said right there in chapter, I want it. Why'd you disobey me? Why didn't you do this? And now it's all going to change. So that compromise of God's word led to, um, 
led to, you know, uh, toleration. Mm-hmm. That, to- that opened the door to them be tolerant of the Canaanites. Toleration went on to what? Association. And associated led on to accommodation. Mm-hmm. And I think that little trajectory of words, I call that the pathway of apostasy. Compromise opens the door to toleration, which leads to association, which leads to accommodation. I think everybody, and I think this is really at the heart of why people connected with this. They take a step back and they're like, I see that happening now. Yeah. In a lot of areas of life, but mm-hmm. specifically the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And I brought up on Sunday's message about a couple examples of, of compromise that how Christians had compromised. And, and one of them was, you know, the guy I went to Bible college with who, who's compromised what the Bible says about homosexuality and mm-hmm. alternate lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And I think people started put, I think, I think some of the feedback I'm getting, they started to see compromise. Yes. If we compromise God's word, and we like we're not going to believe this part. We're not going to obey this part. It does open the door to tolerate hmm. a lot of things that you know. I say it like this: There's things the church tolerates today and puts up with that our grandparents would be rolling over in their graves right mm-hmm. now over. Mm-hmm. There's been compromise that's led to toleration. Mm-hmm. Toleration ultimately, you give that enough time, you know, it's 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 going to lead to association. So, like, I kind of related it like this. It's like they allowed these Canaanites to stick around for so long. And you know what? Maybe all their kids became friends and, and started hanging out together. And they became to associate. And then by the time of accommodation, it's like, well, you know what? All of our kids have already intermarried with each other. And our grandkids are half Canaanites anyway. Let's accommodate now this new this new kind of family that we're creating compromise leads to toleration to association to accommodation and i think that right there kirsten is what a lot of people connected with yeah. more than anything else you're like yeah i see that today and you know what to me that's a big win and, and if we needed 48 minutes to do it i needed 48 minutes I, to do that and once in a while by golly i <laughs> guess it's okay so i'm so excited about this series and and um, of what we're going to unpack, I do think because it's so narrative based. I mean, it's 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 a true story, right? And and how God is going to introduce over the next oh, there's it's a little bit of mixed idea of how long the book of Judges. So I'm just going to say about 350 plus years of time, and you're going to see this cycle over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. There's peace in the land. Um, but the, but the Israelites live in rebellion to God. They have locked arms with the Canaanites. So God sends them punishment, sends this foreign leader or this pagan nation to come in and and oppress them for a certain amount of time. And then, then they cry out to God and then God has some mercy on them and he sends them a judge, not like a judge, Judy, (laughs) a, a judge more like a Braveheart and, and leads the people, um, out from that oppression and then there's peace. Mm-hmm. While the judge lives, there's peace. But what's a sad thing? Like this is a like a rinse and repeat thing all over again, yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Every judge comes around. And here, here's the really sad part that we'll unpack together um, in these in these sermon series. It's like they never turn from their sin though, because it says after that judge died, the Israelites continued to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. That phrase right there is key, continue to do it. So even though there was peace and God gave them some peace, they were continuing to live in rebellion. That judge dies and they continue to live in rebellion and the cycle begins all over. You know, block arms of the Canaanites, oppression, 
God, they cry out to God. He sends out a judge and then they're delivered. And that's the rest of the book of Judges. It's, it's, and if you want to hear the very best sermon Joe has ever preached this last weekend, we'll put the link <laughs> to the message in the show notes. Well, I don't know about that. So many of you guys have been asking and commenting and emailing about my bread starter, my sourdough starter, and I really appreciate you looking out for me. I have had two failed attempts, and you know about the first failed attempt. Well, the second failed attempt was because I started my bread starter, and then I got sick, and my alarm went off at like 7 p.m. to feed it, and I was just like, I just don't care enough about it. I'm too sick to it got get out the of bed. De- it got the dehydration. <laughs> it got the dehydration. Oh, goodness. I just was like, I, I'm going to have to ignore it. And then the next day I thought, well, maybe I could still salvage it. And then I didn't feed it again. And so I ended up throwing it away. And I've had someone send me like this dough starter, like, jar with like a special lid that reads and senses the dough. So thoughtful. I mean, it was very thoughtful. I know. I haven't haven't used it yet, but I'm really intrigued to find out like all about it. So I guess I'm going to start a third attempt and I appreciate you all looking out for me. And I hope I, I hope I can eventually have a success story here, but so far I am a sourdough failure. You're a sourdough failure. (laughs) Well, that's what I am. But you know what I do like about you, Kirsten? You don't quit. A lot of people would start a sourdough starter and just quit. If they fail, it's like, I'm done. I can't do it. But you know what? You rise. We will. No pun intended. We will rise. (laughs) We will rise again. Oh, I wish I had And somebody cue the Rocky theme music. We will. We will overcome. It's not about how hard you get hit, but it's about getting, getting back up. I don't remember the quote. <laughs> it fell apart. There's here, a great line. Right. Deal. My goal is to have a sourdough starter that I can share. Okay. For anyone who also would like to have sourdough. And, and I had, we had a listener who sent me like a, a thing on a hundred year old starter. Like this is a real deal. And people pass this stuff along and like I could pass this sourdough starter to my children and my grandchildren and my great. Oh, don't, don't pass it on to our kids. It will die. <laughs> the okay. chain will break right there. You're talking about Neil and Brock. Yeah. They both love. No, bread. that bread, that bread starter would starve. It would just, it would shrivel and die. Well, if you put it in the refrigerator, it can, it can last a long time without being fed. But what you want everybody to know is how much you appreciate the suggestions, yes, the starter, the help. help. But so far, I had no idea it was such a thing. The sickness got me, and I just i I couldn't do it. So, thank you, friends. We'll see how how I do next time. None of that bread will be ready. It won't be ready to if you if you started it It now. It might be a hundred years from now until I get. No, I guess no. There's not enough time. If you started it today, it wouldn't be in time for the Super Bowl. Oh heavens, no. No. No super, but I don't know if I would. But who would want to eat sourdough on the Super Bowl Sunday? Ooh, you could make little crustini. No, put some Super Bowl. Super Bowl is this weekend, and you don't do anything dainty. Who's in the Super Bowl? Oh, let's see. Um, Who? um, (laughs) How about those cheese? 
How about those Chiefs? <laughs> I know you're so excited. It's their fourth Super Bowl in five years. Oh, I'm so excited. Fourth Super Bowl. There has been a lot of hate online about the Chiefs. A lot of hate. Well, they're now the villains. I, they are they are exactly what the Patriots we, were. A lot of you guys have asked about Neil. He's doing really well. We actually talked to him last night, but he, you know, was out on the East Coast where... 30 minutes from where the, the Ravens Chiefs play. beat the Baltimore Ravens, and, uh, and he informed us that the Chiefs are the villains, and no one <laughs> likes them. And I was like, what? Even out on the East Coast still? Like, they're playing in the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. But it will be interesting. You know, I don't ever want to so have anything to do with seeds of division in our church, but it's no secret that we have a lot of folks that come to New Life that are from California. Well, they need to convert. And, well, Jeez. they have brought... I'm just... If the church doesn't know this, I'm going to be happy to tell you there are more Niners fans in this church than what you realize, and it's all that great migration that has happened over the last five years, and um, I have it on good authority that the chairman of the elders at New Life <laughs> is a huge Niners so fan. is there going to be some division there? Mm, in sports, but not in spirit. Okay. No, no. We're very unified, but it will be fun because... As opposed to the Super Bowl four years ago when we won our first Super Bowl against the Niners, that that fan base in our church has grown since in the last four or five years. Oh yeah. So I I um so I was talking to the folks last weekend and they're like, you know, we hate to root against you, but we're all cheering for the Niners. And I told him, I told him last Sunday in the lobby, I said, Listen, everybody's welcome here at New Life. We welcome all sinners and Niners fans. And, <laughs> and so, Niners fans. So is everybody supposed to wear a jersey this weekend? Oh, I don't care what people do, but I am I think there's a good chance I'll be wearing one. Oh, I'm sure. Abby, do you even own an... Uh, <laughs> Abby's like, who are the, who are the Chiefs? Why would you bring me into this? Do you, do you have a jersey? No, no. I'll wear my Bears jersey. <laughs> They're never going to be in the Super Bowl. If you guys want to hear a funny story... I just thought of this. This I wasn't. Think you've shared this before. Have I shared the Muhammad Bear oh, jersey? Yes. Okay, Abby. That's I, why one of the reasons you're here is I can't remember what we talked about. See, thank you. Yes, I got I got dinged for wearing a Muhammad jersey. Well, I'm going to tell this story again because maybe we picked up some listeners since I wanna, then. I want to skip the story and go straight to the Super Bowl food. All right, we'll come right. We'll come right back to, to the. No, we'll, we'll, we'll come right back to the food. The real quick story is is in when I was living in Kansas City. We. Care, Sorry, Goose. We, uh, Kirsten, um, she's a Bears fan. I don't get it, but she I, she grew up I'm there. Struggling myself now, <laughs> <laughs> but I grew up in. You Chicago. will be cheering for the Chiefs on Sunday. I will be cheering for the Chiefs. Definitely, I even have Chiefs earrings. That's right. And I don't even have Bears earrings. I have Chiefs earrings, so I'll wear those. But I am a Bears fan. I grew up in Chicago. My family's still Bears fans. Yeah, it's your heritage. It is. So um, it's part of my history. It's part of your history. Um, so, um, one we were we were having a meeting, and this was this was years ago in Kansas City, and it was a particularly tough season in the life of church. We were wrestling through some disunity, and and there was a, there was some folks that were that were not happy, and so we all got together in this room, the elders and I, and and this fairly much larger group than I was expecting I would that say night. There's only about twenty five. Eh, I don't know. It's there? I don't think there's more than that. Oh, it, that didn't even matter. I know. So they're all we're there just to trying to paint. The we were, scene they're all life. there to air out their grievances. And, um, <laughs> the very, no, oh, the very, I like, I the know. very first grievance. Okay. I, I look back and I just, it just cracks me up. 
because it, I, listen, that's a whole nother podcast. But <laughs> so here's a guy in the church. Okay. Can I, I got two stories about this one guy. Oh my. So one is going to be a 40. He, he, this, I know some of our no, this, people are listening right now. Well, no, this individual passed away a few years ago. Okay. The, this is the guy that's in this story passed away. Um, the very first, the very first complaint was he goes, I got something to say. And I'm like, all right, what's that? And he says, he goes, <laughs> this is like eight months after the Super Bowl. The, eight months after the Super Bowl, the Bears were in. Kirsten wore a Bears jersey to church that Sunday that the Bears were in it. I went and, and bought this. Jersey. She went and bought it. And I'm just going to. I didn't have one. In your defense, you were not, you did not care the name on the jersey. Well, you're pretty limited in Kansas City. What kind you're not going to find a lot of Bears jerseys. Yeah, and there wasn't a whole lot of online shopping done back then. Right, I that, mean, that's it was very not true. Back in the dark ages, but it it, it was. You didn't go to Amazon for everything. Or twenty years. Well, ago. whenever the Bears were yeah. in the where when the Bears were in the Super Bowl, 13, 14, 15 years. Whenever was. I remember the year. I don't remember either. But you found a jersey in Kansas City that fit you, and you bought it. It was an it was an official NFL jersey. I remember we spent a lot of money on it. Well, the the name on the back of that jersey, they had a receiver that played for them, their superstar receiver. His last name was Muhammad. Okay. So Kirsten, not even thinking about it, she throws that jersey on, comes to church. Nobody else really thought about it either, but this guy thought about it. So apparently, eight, eight, but I didn't know that at the eight time. or nine months later, after the Super Bowl, the very first complaint was, I got something to say. I'm like, well, what's that? He goes, he goes, not that long ago, some woman. That's what he said. <laughs> some woman. This was like 2006. I think the Bears were in the Super Bowl in 2006. So how many years ago is that? Quick math. Well, we'd, we'd only been in Kansas City since 2004. So. All right. So, so right. he goes, some woman wore the name of Muhammad on her shirt and came to church. And I want to know. And he pounded his hand on the table i want to know when did this church start supporting islam <laughs> I, I said i said what and he goes when did we start supporting and promoting muslim activities around here and i said no one's doing that some woman and i said that woman was my wife and that was her bears jersey on super bowl sunday and then he got up. He goes, I got to get out of here. I'm having heart palpitations. And and he goes, where's my nitros? And he walked out. <laughs> that was why he came to the meeting was because of my Bears jersey. If he if he had more to say, he didn't get to it because of his heart palpitations. I kind of feel like I should wear my Bears jersey. I actually don't even know if I still have it. Oh, I'm sure we got it somewhere. Do you think? I, should, I don't know. I so if any of that part sounded disrespectful towards that guy from me, like, man, Pastor Joe sure is being disrespectful. I only say that story that way because it's so comical now. Now, in the moment, it was serious business. This guy was accusing us of, of pra like being sympathetic towards I think Islam. I remember you coming home and telling me about that. I'm like, You're like you, you, you are not. not <laughs> you were the topic at the meeting. I was like, what? Okay, I'm going to tell you another story what on that guy. Now, hey, goes well. listen, all things considered, I don't have any angst in the, against this guy. He literally saw that as a problem, um, and we tried to resolve it. But uh, I still love I, some woman. I, 
he and I, he and I had good interactions my entire ministry there, but that one right there was kind of, um, and then they left the church. So I'll just be honest. That was kind of, people are worried. They screw up around here. They might be the topic (laughs) on the podcast sometime. They might be telling stories if they walk in and go, some woman. I think the, the stories that make this podcast are the ones of the most extreme nature. And I would call that extreme. And, uh, that's uh, pretty extreme. We could probably fill up a book of funny stories, but this same guy, now this happened before I became the preacher. So this is going way back early 2000s. This is um, before I became the preacher in Kansas City. Um, They had a congregational meeting. And they were the church. It's a, it was a much smaller church. You know, this would not, this is not, we don't have meetings like that here. Like we did then where we had the congregation meeting and they were all dis- the church was discussing their next move about church the business. next church business. That's right. So he was brand new. Okay. He was a single guy, single and ready to meet. He was probably in his seventies at the time. And I believe he was a widower. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was a from what I understand it was a pretty tense filled meeting because the previous minister before me was was um, his his departure was under duress he had been let go and it wasn't all so the meeting agreeable. was tense it was very tense and so the elders were up at the front of the church and they said does anybody want to comment does anybody have any questions do you have anything do you want to say and it was dead quiet I mean. Serious. You could hear a serious. serious, you could hear a pin drop. And they tell me that this went on for a long, quiet pause. So they and were the, giving people time to think yeah. about what questions they might have. And then, had one. and then after this long pause, he raises his hand. Now, again, let me, let me remind you, this guy was brand new to our church back then, a recent widower in his seventies. And he goes, you yeah, painted the picture. Well, thank you. He goes, I got something to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're <laughs> such dorks. Because <laughs> I got, before the I got something to say. Now remember the context I just built: tense, stress. We, we, okay, okay, get to it. All right. See, this is what's like being married to somebody's Enneagram eight. Okay, so, so, so he stands up. He goes, "I got something to say. I want to say it. I just want to say that there are some good-looking women in this church." Oh. And he sat down. <laughs> True story. True story. That will make every (laughs) church meeting very interesting. And he sat down. He goes, I just want to say that there's some good looking women in this church. And he sat down. Oh. And with that, they probably wrapped up the meeting. <laughs> I don't know. They hired me right after that. So I don't know. What was I thinking? Now, my my nearly 11 years in Kansas City, I, I enjoyed it very much. We had our ups and downs. We had meetings like that. But, people but a lot of great people. I just, I uh, don't regret one day I spent in Kansas City. I love yeah, that church. All of our boys were born there. So yeah. we have such great memories and stuff. So, And I think that church came a long way during those 11 years. And, um, but anyway, so yeah, the Super Bowl is this weekend and the, you don't break, you don't break out sourdough bread at Super Bowl. I think what you have, you gotta, there's no Super Bowl parties complete without Smokies, queso and chips, that, lots of chips. None of that is fun. That's not like Buffalo uh, wild wings as, as, what okay? What what is your soup? Kirsten's see, this isn't a video eyes. podcast. Kirsten's, <laughs> Kirsten's like is like no fun to make. Chips and queso. I gotta make some kind of smoke. really fun dip or this really cool. Well, dips dish. in general are fine, but we can't have that much food. Burger sliders are good. 
I have been thinking about making chicken bacon ranch sliders. Brock and I have talked about this. Um, and you do it on like Hawaiian rolls mm-hmm. and you shred up chicken mm-hmm. and bacon. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. Cheese. Yep. So far, so and good. You put ranch on it. Yep. And then you put the buns tops on. Yep. And then you put some butter and garlic on top and so, bake so, it in the oven. So far, so good. Yep. And it's called a chicken <laughs> Where's bacon it? ranch. What kind cider. of chicken? Like a chicken breast, chicken thigh, shredded well, chicken. You could do. I. You could like do a rotisserie chicken if you want to make it easy. But yeah, you just like season some chicken and boil it or bake it and then shred it. What do you dip it in when you're done? Like you, you grab that slider and you dip it in queso. <laughs> Golly, no, you gotta, you gotta enjoy the flavors. So I would say you probably want to dip it in ranch or maybe just have. So you do dip it. Ranch. Well, you don't need a dip all the time. I'm about to call you a dip. <laughs> you don't need a dip. How dare you? <laughs> this is the chiefs in the Super Bowl. I know. But if I were to make a dip, it would probably be. Spinach artichoke dip, or it would be spinach dip, which they're very different. Spinach dip is served cold. It's got bacon in it, and you serve it in a Hawaiian bread. Oh, that is no joke. That is is good stuff. one of our favorites, and I put a lot of bacon in it. I hope it does make an appearance at the Super Bowl. And the other dip is just a spinach um, artichoke dip. Sometimes I just put artichoke and not spinach, depending on the mood. But you can (laughs) serve it with like chips or like crostinis or something like that so now i'm just gonna say this i have for the last 10 or 11 days since since my surgery i have tried to really work on my my eating my diet but you and brock have a pack together and brock and i have a pack together that um um that we have a time schedule that we're both trying to lose a little bit of weight and trying to get a little bit of that under control in our lives. And like, I haven't had a Diet Coke in nine days. I haven't had any we soda. Stop and <laughs> you on that one. Oh, this is a short term adventure. Um, Coming to an end this Sunday. Well, so Brock and I have a pact that we, we set a time frame, which is several months out, but we did make a pact that if the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, we will have one cheat day. On Super Bowl Sunday. See, I think it should be a cheat game, not a cheat day. No, it's a cheat day. Joe's like, I can't wait to wake up on Sunday morning. I've been starving for 10 days. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys pray for me. It's it's. So you're having a Diet Coke on I'm, Sunday. Yeah. And I'm going to, and I'm going to enjoy some Super Bowl snacks. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then the very next day I'm right back on it. Yeah. And then in all seriousness, you guys can pray for me. I got to. I got to make some changes in my life. I've got what you call a slight weight problem. <laughs> As a kid, used to grab bear claws two, two at a time. time. And they get lodged in this in region. That movie, Abby. She probably won't know. It's a Chris Farley. Yes. Mine. I know that. I don't <laughs> know job, which one. I think it's Tommy Boy. Yeah. We do not promote that movie. Anyway. <laughs> um, no. So I, I'm sure that we'll have, we'll, we'll try and take a picture of our dips and, and, or our, our spread, but not too much. I just feel like you can overdo it um, and then have so much left over. And then if you guys are trying to get back on it on Monday. You think you can overdo it? Do I look like somebody? <laughs> do I look like somebody that has overdone ever overdone it? it? Well, I do love. Abby, why are you laughing? <laughs> what? Why are you laughing, Abby? Abby? Don't put her on the spot like that. <laughs> Kirsten just kept on going know, and ignored you completely. <laughs> 
I just I just feel like there's going to also be some sweets to balance the savories, but it it can be it can get a little out of control. So well, we'll, we'll see. But a lot of red and yellow this weekend, that's we'll, for sure. We'll let you guys know what happened. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the link for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under, Under the, the Hood. Hood. Not a car show. <laughs>